The Gospel according to Luke, the sixth chapter, beginning to read at the 46th verse. Jesus asks, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation upon rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house, but could not shake it because it had been well built. But he who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation, against which the stream broke, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Amen. Jesus was very decisive about indecisiveness. He didn't like it. He was very consistent about his feelings of inconsistency. He, he didn't like them. No, it is our Lord's intention to try to point up to us, I think, in this particular question. The fact that if anybody is going to build anything, and that could mean a home, it could mean a marriage, it could mean a business, it could mean a church, it could mean a nation, it could mean a world. If anybody is going to build anything, he better be sure that he is consistent and decisive when it comes to deal with the Word of God. Listen to different words which Jesus tells us. Any man that put his hand to the plow and looketh back, he's not fit to enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus said to his disciples, Let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. He who is against us is not for us. He who is for us is not against us. And what is said there by the Spirit of the Church of Laodicea there in Revelation... Again, we hear the words of consistency and words of decision. I, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. And when Jesus asks this question, why, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? He is trying to point up to us that Christians must be consistent, that disciples must be decisive. And without decisiveness and consistency, whatever we're trying to build, it will fall, and that fall will be great. Why do people say, Lord, Lord, and not do what Jesus tells us to do? Why? I spent a lot of time on that question this week, and the really only answer I could come up with is, I don't know why. 
I find it very hard to believe that people join church with the idea of becoming a hypocrite. I really don't think any of us is as bad as to get up each morning really wondering how we can go about deceiving and defrauding our Lord. I don't think we do that. Yet each one of us says, Lord, Lord, <laughs> but we do not do what he tells us to do. Why? I fully can't understand it. I've seen it right here in this church. People coming week after week after week. They ask for admission. They go through new member classes. They stand right here, right here and say, I believe that Jesus is my Savior and Lord. And then we never see them again. <laughs> for the life of me, as long as I'm in the ministry, I'll never understand that. I'll never understand that. I don't know why we say, Lord, Lord, and not do what he tells us to do. I can imagine that some, for some, it, it's a matter of lack of knowledge or really knowing what it means to call Jesus Lord. Maybe that's the fault of us preachers. Maybe that's the fault with some of your hearing. But I'm convinced that some people don't know what this Lord means, this word Lord means. It comes from the Greek, kurios. We translate it in English, uh, sir. The German, it's Herr. Uh, it means uh, undisputed owner. It means uh, loan, possessor. It means a number one manager. It means chief honcho. It means... Uh, no other one is higher than, it means emperor, it means king, it means the one and only that you worship and adore. That's what the word Lord means, and I'm sure some people have not quite filtered that down through their thinking process, and they don't realize that when you call Lord, Lord, there is no other Lord. And that's why they don't do what they say they're going to do when they answer Jesus as Lord. I'm sure some people don't fulfill their commitment. It's not because they don't love Jesus. No, they, they get up every morning and they have a desire to want to do what is right. But the problem is fear. Fear. They love the Lord, but they love somebody else or something somebody else or something else more. They, they really want to do what is right, but for fear that they're going to lose out, that they're not going to be able to go somewhere, do something, or be somebody, they dethrone the Lord, not only temporarily, but they dethrone him from his position of being first. It's not that they don't fear the Lord, it's just that they fear somebody or something else more. Then I'm sure some people are unfaithful in their discipleship for the simple reason of that ugly old Adam that is within us who is always trying to creep in and rear his ugly head and make us to serve self rather than Lord. This type of person, oh, he, he knows that Jesus is to be king. 
But he doesn't put him in that position of king of kings. He thinks of himself as being king. And he is not about ready to bow down to anybody or anything else, even to King Jesus. Jesus is important. But so am I. Because of sin, which I interpret as being self-centeredness and selfishness. He serves the Lord. His Lord, but he's not Jesus. His name is self. So consequently, uh, we follow the commands of Jesus if they are in agreement with our king of self. And I'm sure you have many other reasons why you think that people say Lord, but really don't follow through in their commitment. But throughout all of this, Jesus, in his wide-opening ways of grace, continues to call us. Come unto me, O ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus still is asking the question, why? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? Jesus doesn't give up on us. I think if I were Jesus, I would. But the Lord doesn't. He still is trying to get us to see our inconsistencies to see our indecisiveness, to try and get us to take the word of God seriously so that our actions coincide with our professions. Now, why does he do that wonderful and great thing? I think there are four reasons why he does it. One, he knows that if he does not assume the position of Lord, we, none of us, shall ever have an idea of what God's plan is for this world. I said a few minutes ago that the word Lord, if you want to get it down into the language that we're accustomed to using, can mean boss. And I know I upset some of your religious nerves when I say that because we don't like to think of the word boss as being a good word. No, it carries with us overtones of brutality, uh, overtones of superiority, and, and we don't like that. Yeah, we all have a boss, don't we? And sometimes that boss, he can be so demanding, so unrealistic. He can be so hard to get along with. And we make fun of him, we don't like him, and we get upset with him. Oh, it's terrible, I have to admit from time to time, when a boss really bosses, and when a leader really leads, and when a manager really manages, and when a supervisor really supervises, and when a superintendent really soups, I guess that's what you call it, we get upset, don't we? Yes, and we think it's a horrible thing when they assume that position. I think I know one thing that is worse than that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is when a boss does not boss, and when a leader does not lead, and when a manager does not manage, and a director does not direct, and a supervisor does not supervise, and a superintendent does not soup. That's horrible. And if any of you have ever been in a relationship where somebody who is to be a leader did not fulfill his responsibility, you know what happens total chaos and the building no matter how great and big and powerful it soon crumbles 
Just sit and think with me for a few minutes about the great organizations, institutions, and traditions which today in our country are in bad shape. And ask yourself why. And I think you come up with one of two answers. Either one, the people in the organization or in the tradition, they forgot that there was a boss. Or, what is worse, the boss forgot that he was boss. God has a plan for this world. It's right in here in the plan book called the Bible. And we did not choose him, but God chose his son Jesus Christ to be the boss of his plan. And you may not like it, but thank God that he's running the universe and not we ourselves. Thank the Lord that he is Lord. By the power of his Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ is alive, directing, leading, and bossing, in the good sense, in the world today. And that's the way we know our plan, or God's plan for the world. There is no other foundation that can be laid that has not already been laid in Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone. God's plan for the world is salvation through Jesus Christ. And when we build our churches, our homes, our nations, and our world upon that teaching, the house will stand no matter what rains may fall or winds may blow. And that's why the Lord wants us to consider again the seriousness with which we should take our commitment decisive action we should take in following his word, the consistency that is needed for building a house. He wants us also to call him Lord, because he knows if we don't, we're going to have trouble in finding our purpose for living. Maybe it's just the work that I'm in. And maybe just the people that I've been talking to, but in the last three years, I really have seen a difference in people who are struggling for direction in their life. They have no purpose. I know I was influenced with Toffler's book, Future Shock. Remember that? He said back several years ago that the day was coming when many of our young people would literally be in shock because of being bombarded by so many decisions that they had to make, that being in shock, they would not have a goal a decision. And believe me, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if Toffler's a prophet or not, but I'm talking with a lot of people these days, many in their 20s and 30s, who really have no sense of direction or purpose. And that's tragic. Clovis Chaplin, in one of his books, says, for a purpose is so important in a life. If you have a purpose, any old jalopy will get you there. But if you don't have a purpose, even a Rolls Royce will be of no avail. A ship at sea that has no port, no wind is favorable, no wind whatsoever. And a life that has no goal, a life that has no Lord, where can he find his identity? You see, it's in knowing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he is the Savior of sin, that he is the one who tells us that God loves us, that God created us, that God has a plan for us in our life, that God has a destiny for each one of us. And only if we will follow him, we shall find that destiny.
That's where we find our purpose in living. That's it. No other gods will serve. You can't serve God and some other master or Lord. It is in serving the Lord Jesus Christ that you find your purpose in living. And Jesus knows that. And that's why he's continuously asking us to be consistent and decisive as to who we are and to whom we belong. He does this also to give us peace because God knows we'll never find any peace unless we have a Lord and that Lord is Jesus Christ. You know, I think the most difficult thing for any person to do is to be in a state of indecision. Have you ever been there? Where you have to make up your mind and you just cannot make it up. That's horrible. There's absolutely nothing that saps my strength more and makes me feel like a wet wash rag than living in the land of indecision. And it's terrible. So often, you know, we want to be nice people, nice guys. We don't want people to be upset with us. We want to be helpful. But to be decisive on the Word of God and to be consistent in our actions so that we're not doing one thing today and something else tomorrow, that, that's very difficult. And we can be weighed down with that power and oppression of decision if we do not have a Lord who is boss and whose teachings can be the criteria upon which all decisions are made. And believe me, ladies and gentlemen, if you decide that in your actions as well as in your profession, Jesus Christ is Lord, you'd be surprised how many decisions are made and how many lesser decisions you never have to make. Let me use an example. Right here in our own community today, I'm sure there are many people who got up or did not want to get up, asking themselves the question, will I go to church? Yes. And that was a big decision, unnecessary, fruitless decision that had to be made, but, but they had to make it. And they stewed around, maybe they asked husband and wife or mate as to what they should do. I even know some who conduct a poll amongst their children as to whether or not we go to Sunday school. And maybe they made not the decision. You know, they heard the rain beating against the windows and the roof this morning, and they were out in the yard working all day, and the back aches, it's not as young as it used to be, and they decided to stay home, and they're listening on the radio, and as I'm going through this, they're getting very guilty, and rightfully so. <laughs> we love you, but you should be here. You see? Now they're going to feel guilty all afternoon. All of it completely unnecessary. Unnecessary whatsoever. Because when you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, and he is your Lord, you don't have to make that decision on Sunday morning. You're here. You're here. You'd be surprised how many decisions you don't have to make because they're made when Jesus Christ is your Lord. That's why he wants us to be consistent and decisive and also because he knows that's where our power is. Have you noticed the number of people today who are asking for power? You find it in the labor unions. You find it in North Carolina today in that fiasco down there spending all of that money to see who's going to win the popularity contest for power. 
You hear it in the shop. You hear it in industry. Oh, we hear it in the church all the time. People want power. They say they want to have some input as to their destiny. They want, they want to have some, some say in what the outcome is going to be. They want power. And there's nothing wrong with that, ladies and gentlemen. Did not God tell us in Genesis that we are to have dominion? Yes. We are to be powerful. And believe me, we're suffering from a lot of areas where people have not found the proper channel to use the potential power that God has put within them. That's part of our problem in the world and in the church and in America today. God's not against us having power, but how we get it, ha <laughs> that's the secret. God is trying to tell us you don't have power of influence by going out and taking it or by buying it or by trying to act as Lord. No, it is when you allow the Lord to act through you. That's where your power of influence is. And you can't do that unless you call Jesus Lord. Not just in church when we say the creed, but when we go about our work and in our homes and down through the community and as we sit in our positions of leadership, we back up that confession with our actions. That's where power comes. And folks, we all want it. We want peace. We want a purpose in our life. We want plan to be tied in with the plan that God has for the world, the exciting plan that God has. We want all of these things. And we can have them. All we have to do is when we say, Lord, Lord, we mean it. And we follow his words. What else did Jesus say? Not everybody who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But those who know my will and do it, <laughs> those are the ones that are the Lord's men and women. Two thousand years, God's been asking us that question through Jesus Christ. <laughs> How much longer are you going to have to ask it of us, Lord? How much longer? Oh, it's up to us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father, forgive us when our actions do not speak louder than our words. Forgive us when our actions are not consistent with our words. Forgive us, Lord, when our actions cause other people to call our words a lie. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with you all now and forevermore as you go out and build that house. Amen.